What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hi, everyone. My name is Eleanor. People still call me Elia. Elia Tits. Yes, if you don't know, tits are breasts. Nature rewarded me with two melons in full. And before you get jealous, tell me how cool and beautiful it is, I'll tell you about the pros and cons of such an award. So, my whole childhood was like everyone else's. I played, met children, and everything was fine until I was 10 years old. At this stage, girls began the so-called growing up. It was a terrible period, because my caring mother would not let me rest. She examined me every day and observed the changes in my body, and I was so uncomfortable, and I really wanted to be left alone, but it didn't happen. My favorite items in my wardrobe were t-shirts, t-shirts and sweatshirts. I just loved wearing them, because you could eat as much as you wanted in them and you still couldn't see your stomach. Well, once my mother and I were going to go to some holiday, it was a wedding, I think. My mom bought me a nice white t-shirt with a small net and something else. Mom, what is this? I asked her, and she was like, this is a bra. You are now grown up, and so you need to wear it. You can take them off at night and only walk with it during the day, she said. I picked it up, my first bra in my life, and realized that it was uncomfortable. Rejecting the idea of trying it on, I put on a t-shirt and said I would go like this. My mother did not contradict me. We quickly gathered and went to the event. I went there in a good mood because I just loved to look at the brides. They looked just magical. I sat down at the table and realized that the kid sitting across from me was staring at me. At first, I didn't know where he was looking, but then I looked closer and noticed that he was looking at my breasts. I went to the bathroom and looked at myself in the full-length mirror. Only then did I notice that my chest was sticking out and more, well, you know what. It was a nightmare. I felt ashamed and embarrassed. I went to my mother and told her about the situation. She smiled and said, I brought you something to wear. You have grown breasts and there is nothing wrong with that. A woman without breasts, like without arms, all girls have them. Then the music started playing and I wanted to dance so much. I just love dancing. But when I went out on the dance floor and made a couple of rhythmic movements, I realized that they were bothering me, and that kid was still staring at me. I immediately sat down at the table and sat hunched over all evening. I didn't want to get up and be looked at at all. Of course, the adults didn't see it, but that boy, he really confused me. Running home in the evening, I took a shower and picked up the bra. Somehow I put it on myself and looked in the mirror. My mother came into the room at that moment and said that it fits perfectly. I didn't understand what that means. How can breasts look great at all? My mother said that this device holds the chest when walking and running, and then we are not hurt or uncomfortable. I wore it to school the next day and still didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't want to discuss my body with the girls, but they still saw it when we changed in the locker room. I began to hide it, and then it turned out that eight of my classmates already wear such things. 
This calmed me down. And then the nightmare started. My breasts were growing nonstop. After a couple of months, my mother bought me a bra in a bigger size. And then another and another. When I returned to school after the summer holidays, my classmates were totally freaking out. They didn't see me. They saw my breasts. And even the big white t-shirts couldn't hide them. At the first lesson, when I sat down at my desk, I realized that my breasts did not fit there. I sat down closer, but I squeezed them hard. It caused pain, and then I had to put them on the table. You won't believe it, but I closed half of my notebook. I was still sitting on the first desk in front of the teacher, and when the historian came to us, said hello, and sat down in his seat, he just paused for a minute and looked at me. Can you imagine how awkward it was? All the kids in the class noticed his reaction and just started laughing out loud. Their laughter finally distracted the teacher, and he blushed, then asked me to move back. I was ready to sink through the ground. But then something even worse happened. We had gym class. For your information, I'm a pretty good dancer. Yes, it's true. And I have great flexibility. And I was determined to get into a cheerleading group because it offered huge advantages for high school students to go to college. Who doesn't need a scholarship to study? Everyone. But for this, you need to be active and persistent. So cheerleading is the best thing. I was put on the girls' team because of the plastic surgery, and our captain didn't hide the fact that my gorgeous breasts would have an effect. Well, for the sake of such a case, I agreed, but I didn't think that I would need to wear a certain uniform. I was given a short skirt and a crop top and invited to a rehearsal. As soon as I entered the hall, our boys started whistling, calling me Elia Tits and clapping their hands. Damn, I wanted to get out of there but I set a clear goal and went with it. So I took all my will and started dancing. Our boys were often distracted from the game, watching my breasts jump. Sometimes they threw the ball in my direction and asked me to pick it up. I was maddened by the humiliation. Training turned into a nightmare and I came home in a bad mood. My mother immediately noticed the tears and sat down to talk to me. I told her everything. And then my mother got up and led me to the bedroom. She showed me a photo when she was young, and I couldn't believe it was her. My mother had the same breasts as me. They were huge. My mother laughed a lot when she told me about them. I asked her how she coped with them, and my mother said that it was all so awkward and difficult for her, but then she just accepted herself like this. By the way, your dad married me because of them, and you won't believe it, but everyone was jealous of him. It is now they are smaller and not as elastic and beautiful as yours, but women's breasts are very beautiful, she told me. My mother took another bra out of the closet, but it was open work black with wide straps, and she gave it to me. I also said that it would be much more comfortable for me, and it also made me feel different, more feminine. And you know, she was right. As soon as I tried it on, I saw a different side of myself and realized that I was beautiful. My participation in cheerleading will only get better. I straightened up and smiled at myself. The very next day, I came to school in new underwear and a beautiful blouse. I began to be perceived differently. As a lady, 
and not as a kid in sweatshirts. Now, all the training sessions, I gathered an audience of boys from my class and others, and I felt like a queen. I realized that I should be proud of such a natural part of myself. Do you think it's beautiful or not? I dashed along the hallway, then skidded to a halt in front of the classroom door. Ah, I was late. Again. Miss Anderson, what's your excuse today? Morning, sir. I'm sorry, but my spaniel hit me shoes, then I tripped over a package by my front door, then my heap of a junk car wouldn't start, and... That's enough. Good God. Please sit down. Ashley already took attendance. What? So much for my perfectly crafted excuse. Mr. O'Shaughnessy totally would have let it slide, but she had to ruin it. I'm Ashley. I'm pretty. I'm perfect. Everybody likes me. Well, no one likes teacher's pets, Ashley. Think I'm being too harsh on her? <laughs> Just ask anyone about Ashley Mae Anderson. Ashley's father's a vet with a Medal of Valor. They even had dinner with the president at the White House. For her sweet 16, she rented out the swankiest club downtown for an entire weekend. And David Guetta DJed. Ashley dated two college boys at the same time, and when they found out, things got physical. Okay, okay, maybe not all of that was true, but who cares? Look, the main character here is me. Hi, my name's Ashley Mae Anderson. I know, what a freaky coincidence, right? But that's the only thing we had in common. Because unlike popular Ashley, I'm just a normal teen who's just minding her own business. But then she transferred here and messed up everything. This happens every time I open my locker. And they're not addressed to me, but to Ashley. Jeez, why do boys go so cuckoo bananas over that pretentious princess? I gathered that whole cluster and dumped them on Ashley's desk. Here's your delivery for the day. Oh, I have no use for those things. You can keep them if you want. <laughs> How snobby. I know those rumors weren't all lies. Alright, if you said so. Being mistaken for Ashley was so annoying that I did consider putting a sign on my locker or something. But I suppose sometimes it actually had its perks. Like when I accidentally knocked over a trash can in the school's parking lot. But upon knowing my name, the janitor said my father was his commanding officer back in the day and let me off. And believe it or not, these mix-ups didn't only happen at school. Once, my family went out for dinner and the staff at this restaurant thought we were the other Andersons. They must be some really important people cause the super attentive waiters topped up our drinks for free and gave us complimentary desserts. Pretty sweet, right? Only when we were leaving, things almost went south when the manager shook my dad's hand and said, Thank you for your service. My dad seemed confused, but fortunately, I dragged him away before they busted us. I mean, Ashley's been enjoying these privileges her entire life, so it's fair I benefit a little from them. Especially since I have to endure being called her Walmart version. Anyway, back to me. I arrived home to find a teary-eyed girl sitting on her front porch. She must be one of Billy's exes. If your brother's a jock that all girls flock around, you'd get used to this real soon. He went through girlfriends quicker than hair gel, and he always had some peeves about them, like Mandy, too clingy, Katie, too dramatic, Maggie, too flirty. The list goes on. Then, as soon as my backpack hit the bedroom floor, my door burst open. Hey, I need your help. What? 
need a hand to make up with cry Barbie out there? She's ancient history. Check this out. Her name's Jane Brown. Ain't she a beaut? I immediately recognized her. She's the waitress that he kept eyeing the other day. Now, he needed my help to ask her out and not seem creepy. So, I suggested taking her to his friend Alexander's party this weekend. How do you know about that? Isn't that cool people exclusive? As if I wanted to. I was added to their group chat by accident because they thought I was Ashley. <laughs> right. Hot Ashley. You should come too. I'll be with Jane, but Victor will be there. Wait, I'll see my crush at that stupid party? Sign me up then! Jocks, cheerleaders, stuck-up kids. This place was packed with people like Billy. My brother briefly introduced me to the host Alexander, while Madison followed him around looking all shy and gooey-eyed. Wasn't she bothered that all Alexander seemed to care about was if anyone had seen Ashley? I also got to officially meet Jane, but the person I was looking for was Victor. He's so much more than just a cute face in the crowd. He's the peanut butter to my jelly. But before I could talk to him, a bunch of dudes popped out of nowhere. This is Ashley? Oh man, I thought she was supposed to be pretty. No offense though. She's a six if you squint hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm squinting now and you're barely even a two yourself. No offense though. What, what did, did you say? say? <laughs> Don't worry, you could still go after pretty girls. They just need a crate of fear first. The crowd suddenly felt silent and stared at us. This party is so lame. Peace out, losers. Anywhere is better than that stuffy elitist hellhole, but it's a bummer I didn't get to talk to Victor. He's Billy's best bro and used to come hang out at our place pretty much every day, but not anymore. Guess has been avoiding me ever since I told him I had feelings for him. <sighs> I was going to settle things with him tonight, but those jerks ruined it. Do I need to print my own t-shirt saying, I'm Ashley, you must be looking for Ashley? The next day, while looking for Victor, I heard someone calling my name. But I turned around only to see Alexander calling for, ugh, Ashley. So annoying. I saw him make a move on her, but she said guys like him bored her, then proceeded to list all his flaws. Oof, harsh. From then on, I tried my best to avoid Ashley, and thought my life would be light and breezy. But nope. On the contrary, I found myself in a series of unfortunate events. One day, a stack of religious magazines randomly showed up on our doorstep. But the real kicker was, they were all addressed specifically to me! And there was absolutely no way to convince my family and neighbors that I wasn't a member of the Church of Scientology. Two days later, all of my clean clothes had some weird stains and holes on them. I had to beg Billy to lend me some of his. That day, I went to school in an old jersey, looking like a midget. <sighs> then, this Monday, I became the center of attention by showing up with my face covered in pimple patches and band-aids. Well, that's because I woke up to countless cystic acne and didn't have enough patches. This resulted in me being called the mummy for five days straight. But the final straw was my car having two flat tires! The clock was ticking, so I asked Billy to take me to school. However, he just flat out refused, saying he'd already promised to pick Jane up. No other choice, I had to ride my old bike. When I saw Billy's car in the driveway, my pettiness got the better of me, so I splashed my half-empty milk carton over the windshield. I'm on my way. Oh my god, you little brat! Sorry, babe, you won't believe what my sister just did. Seeing Billy's reaction was chef's kiss. 
You got it coming, big bro. The next day, my car was fixed, so I managed to get to school early. Looks like my string of bad luck was finally over. Okay, let's see who wants to confess to Queen Ashley today. From... Victor? Oh no, why him? I stood there, frozen with a letter in my hand, still processing the situation when a friend came and showed me something on her phone. It's a video of me singing and dancing in my room! No one's supposed to see this, ever! It had been uploaded by some throwaway account, but who else could it be but... Jesus Christ! Billy! I rushed home to see Billy and Jane cuddling in the living room. How's he still so calm after pulling that on me? I confronted him, and he didn't even bother denying it, and even said that's what I deserved for vandalizing his car. We screamed and shouted at each other, but before we ended up in a fistfight, he stopped and stumped off to his room. I was still fuming, glaring at his shadow, when I saw Jane gawping at me in delight. Don't blame your poor brother too much, dear. It was I who pulled the strings. What? Jane? But why? We'd barely even interacted. Then she went on about all of my mishaps lately were her doings. Yep, my so-called bad luck, it had been Jane all along. That's for stealing Alexander from my sister. He's her first love. Do you know how heartbroken Zoe has been? Wait, Zoe who? And why on earth would I choose to mingle with that playboy Alex? Kudos to this girl for thinking I could ever steal someone's boyfriend. Hello, I'm still struggling with my lifelong crush over here. I tried to tell her she made a mistake, but she wouldn't listen. Stop denying it. I know it's you. You're East High's Ashley with a vet dad. That checked all the boxes already. Hold up. There's another Ashley Mae Anderson in our school. She's Ashley with EY. I'm Ashley, E-I-G-H. Her dad is a war veteran. My father is a veterinarian. Oh, snap. Good lord. She devised this intricate plan, approached Billy just to make it work, and was successful for the most part. Well, apart from having the wrong person. Just amazing. Jane apologized and promised to take down the video. However, she wanted me to help her take revenge on Ashley in return. I didn't want to get involved, but I also never wanted to be on her bad side again, so I reluctantly agreed. But if you think about it, Jane's story didn't quite add up. Ashley seemed to have a holier-than-thou attitude and had dozens of admirers waiting in line. Why would she get in between them? Not to mention, Alexander's a notorious player who Ashley already ruthlessly rejected. I believe there's more to this. As expected, thanks to that video, my school life was now even more awkward than usual. But it didn't matter, as I was too preoccupied with Operation Ashley. Today's mission? Approach her after cheerleading practice. I stood in the corner, behind the bleacher, waiting for my chance. But before I showed myself, I saw Madison march over, say something to Ashley, then storm off. After that, Ashley started… sobbing? I didn't know what happened, but I felt bad for her. So I tried comforting her, but she kept brushing me off. Look, you can keep the Ice Queen act all you want, but I know you have feelings too. I thought you might have something else you want to share with me, not just the name. And it was like I pulled a lever that let out all of her bottled-up emotions, and we had a heart-to-heart -heart all afternoon. Just as I thought, things weren't what they seemed. We'd better talk this through with one another. So I set up a meeting at a cafe in the South Coast Plaza, as they wouldn't dare to cause a scene in public, right? 
Anyway, Ashley clarified that Alexander and her weren't a thing, while assuring Zoe that she deserved a guy much better than him. But Alex was really sweet to me. He gave me this present on our one-month anniversary. Did he say it's his grandmother's? Yeah, he tried giving me an identical one on my birthday. I'd say you dodged a bullet when you two broke up. Please, look at yourself first. You two flirt with boys left and right and still act all high and mighty. Get off that high horse. Ashley seemed genuinely hurt by Jane's words that it took her a while to speak up. I'm just sick and tired of being the popular girl who has to live up to everyone's expectations. It's too exhausting. I thought transferring here would mean a fresh start, but everyone still has this impression of me which I can't seem to change. The rest of us looked at each other in confusion when we saw how sad Ashley's situation actually was. We didn't know there were so many downsides to being high school popular. Ashley, you know you can just be yourself, right? The world will have to accept you for who you truly are. If people don't like you, then so be it. Yeah, if they don't, that's their problem, not yours. You can't fit into a mold to please everyone, cause there's no such thing. I don't want to agree with her, but she has a point. Let the whole world know the real Ashley, and you too, Zoe. Someday, you'll find a good guy who loves you for yourself. Alright girls, that's settled. Now, I have to deal with my own mess. Billy found out the truth and now he's been ghosting me. But I swear to god, I'm in love with this guy. Gotta go, bye! I couldn't believe I was rooting for my saboteur and her accomplice to be together. But here I was. Go get him, tiger! The next Monday, Ashley walked to class and had lunch with me instead of Madison and her clique. And of course, this didn't go unnoticed. You left us for her? What is she? You're not hot, sister? <laughs> Before I could clap back, Ashley stood up and unleashed her inner sass. This is me living my life as my true self. If any of you bootlickers have something to say about that, you can shove it where the sun won't shine. Sweet Mary Jesus and Holy Spirits! Who knew she had it in her? Her words completely decimated those hyenas. And suddenly, someone grabbed my wrist. Victor? Slow down! Where are you taking me? Besides, you got the wrong person, and also the wrong address for this. You should give it to her yourself. Actually, I sent it to the right girl, but apparently, she still hasn't opened it. Wait... What? And you're right, I should tell her myself. It's just that Billy and I made a deal that sisters are off-limits, so I thought it's better to avoid you. But hearing Ashley talk about being herself made me realize that I'm sick of hiding my feelings. I'm gonna make Billy see how sincere I am for you. Before I do that, Ashley, I like you. And, um, will you go on a date with me? Yes! Um, I mean, yeah, I suppose that would be cool. This is beyond my wildest dream! Not only do I have a brand new friend, but also a date with my dream guy! Fortune is finally smiling on me. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kira, and recently, memory lapses almost ruined my life. Now I'm back to normal and remember almost everything with ease. Well, my memory problems didn't start at birth. All junior high and first years of high school, I remembered absolutely everything. I was a great student, 
memorize stuff easily, and even help my friends with their lessons. Kira has a phenomenal memory, the teacher said. She can memorize long poems, formulas, and dates very quickly. You have to use that ability. My parents were thrilled. They complimented me all the time and said that they had high hopes for my amazing memory. I won school competitions. I was the best in my class and even in the whole school. However, my triumph didn't last long. If in junior high school, they still wanted to be friends with me because I was the smartest, then in high school, of course, I had my detractors. Those of you who are at least once the best at something know how it is. One day you get a round of applause, and the next day they're calling you names behind your back. That's exactly what happened to me. My first enemy was Olivia. We went to different schools in junior high, and she was the best at hers. Now she had a rival in my person. At first, Olivia took my progress as a challenge. Kira, congratulations, you did the best on the test. My teacher complimented me one day. Olivia snorted loudly and hissed, leaning toward her friend. Big deal, one time. Let's see who's the best next week. But next week too, my test was judged the best. And next week, and the next week. That's how Olivia knew I wasn't just a misunderstanding, but a real competitor and an enemy. One day, a classmate caught me in the school hallway, pinned me against the wall and blurted it out. Listen, you, if you think you're the smartest, I hasten to disappoint you. I've collected every award in my school, and I'm going to do it again. But what can I do if I have a perfect memory? I shrugged my shoulders. Just admit it that you're number two now, that's all. Olivia recoiled from me and stared wide-eyed. She looked like I'd punched her in the face. Number two? We'll see about that. I would do anything to make my parents proud. And the classmate wasn't lying. I wasn't too worried at the time. What's she gonna do? Kill me? That's ridiculous. I didn't even tell my parents about the story, but Olivia was determined. She and her friends were going to teach me a lesson. The girls broke into my locker, stuffed it full of books, and broke the lock. When I tried to open the locker door to put my things, it didn't open right away. I pulled the door as hard as I could. It flew open, and a ton of heavy books and textbooks fell on my head. In fact, that was the beginning of the worst chapter of my life. After the blows on my head, I lost consciousness. I didn't know what kind of books those bitches had put in there. Probably all the volumes of a medical encyclopedia. I woke up already in the hospital. The first thing I saw were my parents' upset faces. Kira, my mother exclaimed. How are you feeling, honey? What happened? I couldn't remember anything at all. My parents told me about the locker in the books. The doctors reassured my parents. They said it was just a minor bruise and that it wouldn't affect my life in any way. For about an hour, my mom and dad calmed me down and promised me I'd be home in a couple of days. You need more sleep now, he said. Dad stroked my head. We'll definitely visit you tomorrow. But at that moment, I suddenly looked at my parents fearfully and asked, Where am I? What happened? And that's when mom and dad realized that the bruise wasn't so minor. Yes, I had blackouts. And they reoccurred so often that every hour, my parents had to from the beginning to tell me where I was and what had happened. The doctors were just throwing up their hands. They took all the necessary x-rays and found nothing wrong. From that moment on, however, my life changed completely. At first, my parents still hoped that returning to my familiar surroundings would help me with my memory lapses. However, on the first day, I had a real tantrum. 
when I suddenly found myself in the middle of the school hallway. I had completely forgotten how I woke up this morning, how I was going to school, and I didn't remember the way to school either. No, schooling is out of the question, said a worried dad. Only distance learning. But distance learning wasn't going to do any good either. Once I had learned something, within an hour, I couldn't remember anything I'd learned. That's how my successes ended. And most importantly, I didn't know who had set up the textbook incident. I vaguely remember disturbing Olivia's life, but I couldn't remember our last conversation or anything that might have pointed to a classmate. But I was sure that one day I would remember everything and find the culprit that was phenomenal. My memory would now be considered by the Dory Fish. About a week after I switched, after I switched to homeschooling, someone rang our doorbell. I went downstairs and froze. Standing on the doorstep was Olivia and her friends. My mom, who had opened the door for guests, I think she was confused too. I'd been sick the whole time. None of my classmates or school friends had ever come to see me. Oh, that's right. I don't have any friends. Kira, how are you feeling? We came to check on you. Olivia seemed very sincere, and so did the girls who decided to keep her company. Seemed pretty friendly. I sent some kind of unease, but I couldn't figure out what I didn't like. My mother invited my classmates into the house. She set the table and we all sat down for tea. You really don't remember anything at all? Olivia asked me thoughtfully. I remember things until I black out. I don't remember much since then, since I came to my senses. I explained. What do the doctors say? Will your memory come back? My mom explained to the girls that the doctors are trying to help me. But so far, the therapy is having very little effect. The girls were relieved and looked at each other. I was very pleased that they cared about me. However, by the end of the tea party, I had lost some of my memory again. Olivia? Girls? What are you doing here? I stared at the guests in surprise, and they stared at me. Your friends are here to see you, said my mother patiently. Friends? I don't remember having any friends at all. Olivia suddenly jumped to me and took my hand. Of course we're friends, Kira. You're so good, and you're about to be the best in school again. The girl almost cried, and I smiled back at her. Weird. My scrappy memories were telling me that she and I were major enemies. But how could an enemy care so much? I must have got it all wrong. One morning, my mother left me home alone. She needed to get to the office right away. I'll sign the papers and be right back, honey. Don't worry, I smiled. I'll just lie down and watch the show. Nothing will happen. But about 15 minutes after mom left, the doorbell rang. I had to go downstairs and open it. There was Olivia on the doorstep. Hi, Kira. I took the afternoon off from class and I thought, why don't we go for a walk together? You probably don't get out of the house at all. Yeah, I rarely went out and I only went out with my parents. We were always in a hurry to get back before I'd forgotten everything again. I don't even know. It was scary to leave home without my mom and dad, but Olivia was my friend. We'll just go for a ride in the park and come back. I got changed, got on my friend's bike, and we rode. We rode quite a long time. I was beginning to get worried. In general, I remembered my neighborhood, but at some point I realized I didn't recognize the houses and cafes we were passing. Aren't we far away? I got worried. No, we're right down the street. Olivia smiled. You poor thing, your memory lapses. I calmed down. Yes, it was probably my memory that was playing tricks on me again. Finally, we stopped. I got off the bike and looked around. 
there were only abandoned houses and deserted streets around. This isn't a park. I think I took a wrong turn. Olivia was puzzled. Let me ask someone for directions, because my phone is dead. The phone! I forgot all about it! My cell phone is on the bed in my room. I must hurry back in case my mother comes looking for me. Stay here and don't go anywhere, my friend told me and drove around the corner. And then I lost my memory again. I found myself in the middle of an unfamiliar street with no memory of how I got here. I was in such a panic. What am I going to do now? Where are my parents and where is my home? Why didn't I have my phone with me and where had all the people gone? Crying, I sat down on the sidewalk. Hey, miss. I looked up and saw a man. He was looking out the window of his car, coming out of nowhere. Is something wrong? I'm lost. I don't know where I am or how to get home. Wow. Do you remember your address? I'll give you a lift. The man seemed friendly enough. He got out of the car and headed towards me. But then my memory, which had failed me time and again, reminded me of maniacs and murderers who also look nice and then lure their victims into a trap. Stay away from me! I screamed at the top of my lungs. Miss, I'm a policeman. The man went to his pocket for some reason. I thought for sure he was going to kill me. So I jumped up and ran down the street as far as I could see. But I didn't run for long. I tripped on the uneven pavement and fell down, hitting my head as hard as I could. I woke up again in the hospital. And again, my parents were leaning over me. Kira! My mother was crying now. Did you find me? That's good. I went with Olivia and I got lost and that man. You remember everything? Yes. After another stroke, my memory magically came back to me. And now I remember everything. The feud with Olivia and her threats and how she showed up at my house pretending to be my friend. Sometimes people cross the line to be the best they can be. Like Olivia, trying to get her parents' approval. She went completely off the rails. My classmate was just trying to teach me a lesson by doing that prank with the textbooks. But when I lost my memory, I realized I overreacted. It's one thing to have a bump, but it's another to lose consciousness and amnesia. Olivia was afraid of getting kicked out of school for that prank, or even go to jail. So she first made sure I remembered very little, and then decided to play it safe and take me away to another neighborhood, leaving me alone. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? I don't know what would have happened to me if it hadn't been for that policeman. Even on his day off, he couldn't get past a damsel in distress. Olivia didn't go to jail, but now she has to work with a psychologist all the time. And I'm back to being the best student ever. If you were me, would you forgive Olivia? Be sure to share your thoughts in the comments below this clip. My name's Grace, and I'm facing a hard choice. Money or love. After all, my crush promised to marry me if I got rid of my millions. But before I continue my story, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. I grew up in a wealthy family. My parents tried to never deny me anything since I'm their only child. So I have no idea how to live without money. Money solves everything. If you want a vacation, buy yourself a trip to the islands. If you're seriously ill, buy yourself some expensive medicine. However, not everyone shares my opinion. Unfortunately, my crush Nasfi was one of those people. I fell in love with him a year ago, and he reciprocated. And even though Nasfi wasn't very nice to reach people, he was crazy about me. And he wasn't uncomfortable by my millions. At least, that's what I thought up to a certain point. 
Grace, you and I have been together for a year now, and I want to ask you to be my wife. Yes! I screamed before he could finish. Wait, I have one small condition. He took my hands. And what's that? I want you to give up your millions. What? I shrieked, and I swung my hand sharply in shock. I accidentally dropped a burning candle on the table, and the tablecloth, of course, burst into flames. And there was a fire in the restaurant. People ran out into the streets in panic. And I panicked and wondered what to do. To choose money and spend my life in luxury, or choose a lover and live my life in love, old clothes, and in a box on the street like a cat family. Uh-huh, Grace, Nasfi told me. Money's evil. Money is opportunity and happiness. Without it, there's no life. You're wrong, and I'll prove it to you if you agree to be my wife. Either the disgusting smell of smoke had that effect on me, or it was just love that blew my head off. But I agreed to marry Nasfi and give up my favorite green bills. That smells so good and rustle in my hands. My parents were shocked when they learned of my decision, but they didn't mind because they liked Nasfi and they respected my every wish. I left the mansion with tears in my eyes and found myself in Nasfi's old one-room apartment. Is there only one bathroom? I asked in shock. Well, yes. Is that really a problem for you? Of course it's a problem for me. Do I have to wait for him to shower every morning? And leave my personal belongings in the same drawer as his? What a nightmare! But I told Nasfi I'd get used to it. I thought the bathroom would be the only inconvenience in my new life. But I was wrong. Can you believe I had to cook for myself? I also had to clean up while Nasfi was at work. Even though I was in college during the day, my husband thought a woman should keep the house in order. I wasn't used to that. I used to have a maid do everything for me. And why should I do anything around the house all by myself? So, I wanted to tell Nasfi I wasn't happy. But he came from work with a big bouquet of white roses. And he hugged me. And he told me I'd make a wonderful wife. His words made me melt. But the very next day, I was snow white again. Because I couldn't figure out the washing machine. First of all, I couldn't get it to work the first time. Second of all, I put too much detergent in, and the whole bathroom was full of bubbles. Third, I threw a red stock into the white laundry. I think you can see by now that it was a disaster. I freaked out. I sat down on the floor in the foam and cried out of helplessness. I hate this life. Without money, it sucked. Grace, what's wrong? When Nasfi came home from work and saw me, he ran right over and gave me a hug. I can't live like this anymore. I can't do anything. All oh, my white clothes have turned pink. You'll learn everything, honey. The guy stroked my hand, and I pushed him away from me. I'm not going to learn. I don't want to be your servant. If I'm going to live my whole life under these conditions, I choose money over marriage to you. I see. You're just like everyone else, Nasfi said grudgingly. I'm disappointed in you. I don't give a damn. The main thing is, I'll never stand at the stove again. I'll never do your laundry again. But as soon as I got back to the mansion, to my parents, and they shocked me with terrible news. My father had gone bankrupt. His company was in serious trouble. Not only were we left without millions, but our family was also heavily in debt. We sold the mansion, a collection of cars, and my mother and I's jewelry. It was enough to buy a small apartment on the outskirts of town, which was no better than Nasfi's apartment. In the end, 
I had to do what I did when I lived with Nasfi. Only, I had to teach it to my mother. But she wasn't a very good student. Dinner kept burning, and the iron burned through our clothes. My dad wasn't happy, and he and my mother fought all the time. All I had to do was cry quietly, because I'd lost everything. Money and love. So one night, I decided to write to Nasfi and apologize to him for my behavior. But he didn't answer my messages. And then I saw a picture of him with another girl on social media. What the hell is that? I squeezed my phone so hard that my hand cramped. My anger was so intense. I thought I was going to burn the apartment down. But instead, I tried to find out who this girl was. I looked at her social networking page and realized she was an angel from a simple family. She's a charity worker studying to be a doctor. A real Nasfi ideal, not like me. Honestly, at first, I wanted to just let it go, but I couldn't because the anger was tearing me apart. Nasfi was so quick to find a replacement for me, so he didn't love me that much. With that thought, I went to his house, and when the guy opened the door, I slapped him right in the face. Grace, are you crazy? He touched his cheek. How could you, Nasfi? I thought you loved me, but as soon as I left, you found a replacement. You left me on your own. You chose money. So what? That doesn't mean I stopped loving you. Actually, I regretted my decision right away, but I realized that money really wasn't the most important thing in life. I didn't want to tell him that my family was poor, that I wanted to move out of my parents' house so I wouldn't have to be their personal maid. Really? Nasfi was surprised, and he smiled. Well, of course. I made a pretty face, and Nasfi hugged me tight. This was the picture his new girlfriend saw. She slapped him in the face for the second time that day. I wanted to jump on her with my fists, but Nasfi stopped me and told me he'd be happy to marry me. Then why'd you start seeing someone else? I don't know. Probably to piss you off, Grace. You're such a jerk! <laughs> I laughed, and I patted his hair. I moved away from my parents again. Mom even burst into tears, because now all the housework was her responsibility. Nasfi and I started a new life. He even started helping me with my chores, even though he was tired after work. I guess I was happy, although to be honest, only my millions could really make me happy. But one day, I saw Nasfi talking to this girl he used to date. He handed her something, and then he hugged her. I didn't understand the situation. I ran up to the couple and pushed the girl into a puddle, and then I slashed Nasfi in the face. The guy somehow calmed me down, and then he helped the girl up. But I put her right back where she belonged, angry that my young man was trying to help her. Grace, you got it all wrong, said Nasfi. He explained that he'd given the girl her things that she'd left in his apartment. And he hugged her, because his ex-girlfriend was having a hard time with the breakup. I almost calmed down, but then my mom came over. As luck would have it, she was walking by with a bag full of groceries. Grace, my daughter! Mom threw the bags on the ground, and then she hugged me. Please come home, I'm so tired. Did something happen? Nasfi asked. Didn't Grace tell you? Our family's broke. We're not rich anymore. I have to do everything myself. Grace used to help me, but she moved back in with you so she wouldn't have to live in the same apartment with us anymore. Nasfi was shocked when he heard that. I could see the disappointment on his face because he knew I'd lied to him. So you didn't give up the money. You just ran away from your parents. 
No, not exactly. Nasvi, I love you! I shouted desperately. I don't want to know anything else. He laughed, and his ex pushed me into a puddle in anger. Honestly, I didn't even want to get up, because I'd lost someone I loved, who will not take me. I helped my mother carry the bags to the apartment. There was a happy father waiting for us. He told me that his business was going well. All his millions were back, and now we could buy a new mansion and live in luxury again. But I couldn't be happy. Because for the first time, I realized that money wasn't my first priority anymore. Without Nasfi, it didn't make me happy at all. Even a holiday on the islands didn't take my mind off my grief. I tried to call and write to the guy, but he blocked me everywhere. That's how he caught me out of his life. I didn't know anything about Nasfi for six months, until a mutual friend told me he was in the hospital. My ex was riding his bike to school, and he got hit by a car. Nasfi was pretty badly injured. I rushed to the hospital right away, but they wouldn't let me in the room because I wasn't related to the guy. But we met anyway, when, after a while, Nasfi came out of the room with difficulty. Nasfi, hello! I shouted, and I waved my hand. He was shocked to see me, but he smiled anyway. We sat down in the hall, and I started an uncontrollable flow of speech. I apologized to the guy, then I told him I was miserable without him. Then I cried and admitted that he was right about the money. And I'm sorry, Grace. I was too hard on you. I didn't think it would be hard for you to change your life like that. Nasfi took my hand, and I cried again. But this time, I was happy. Our relationship was getting better. My father bought us a nice apartment with two bathrooms, and I tried not to ask my parents for money anymore, because I wanted to do everything with Nasfi. He was happy that we got back together again, because all these six months, he couldn't get me out of his mind and heart. That's how I realized that money solves a lot of things, but not everything. The most important thing to have is a loving and caring person by your side. Would you give up millions for love? Write your answers in the comments. Hi everyone, my name is Dariana. I have super shiny hair. My mom's always admired it as the host of her own author's program on a popular TV channel about beauty and health. She knew a lot about it. My mother used to say that my hair was unique, that it looked as if it was on the cover of a shampoo commercial magazine without any special care. That's right, I didn't sweat it. But you know, by my mom's standards, having just beautiful hair is negligible. She's always had high standards, and this applied to everyone. That's how she lived her life, trying to make me as perfect as my hair. And look what came of it. If you are given a choice to make one part of your body the most beautiful, what would you choose? My mother was quite popular. She was well-known and respected by many for her character, beauty, and intelligence, and she always knew what she wanted. She had been running her show successfully for eight years, and just imagine, over those years, she never once showed me to her colleagues, never introduced me to the public. Even the media couldn't find out who her daughter was. Mom has always excused herself by saying that she separates her personal life from her work and that she didn't want to violate my boundaries. Like, when I grow up, I'll choose to be famous or not. But in fact, the truth was hidden for other reasons, and I'll tell you what it was. It was an ordinary morning, one of those mornings that often happened in my life. 
I woke up, washed my face, and went down to the kitchen to have breakfast. Hi, Dariana, how did you sleep, baby? Let's get on a scale. What? Again? We weighed in two weeks ago. Yeah, but you know, I have to check. I got up on the scale and was horrified to see... Over a pound? Dariana, aren't you on a diet? I told you, you're about to meet my audience and co-workers. How could you do this to me? You know I want to finally show you to the public, but I can't do it when you're like this. I'm sorry, Mom. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't eat. I don't know how it happened. Forgive me. Get out. Get out of the kitchen. And I don't want you to ever set foot in here, you understand? From now on, you will eat one green apple a day. We need an emergency weight loss. I told you to weigh no more than 50 pounds. At 5'10", 900 grams is a lot of weight. This was not my first strict diet. I didn't eat more often than I did eat, and I was still far from my mom's dream figure. I ate one apple at a time, just like she told me to. After four days, I passed out in the middle of the street. Good thing I was near a hospital. When I woke up, there was a guy in a white coat next to me. It was as if I'd seen an angel, so handsome in a white mask, gloves, and a robe. He started talking to me, asking my name and age, and so on. I answered all the questions because it wasn't the first time. When I felt better, he introduced himself to me as Dr. Mike, allowing me to call him by his first name only. I know you. You're Miss Stacy Green's daughter. What? No, that's a mistake. I'm not her daughter. Come on, don't you remember me? I furrowed my brow and squinted my eyes, and then he got into a stand-up, kind of sitting-at-the-register position, and yes, that's right. Oh my god, this was the same Mikey, the son of our neighbor, the grocery store owner. Have you forgotten the time I secretly lent you groceries? How could I forget? I still haven't paid you back. You have the same gorgeous hair, and you've lost a lot of weight. Well, it's not the same as when I was a kid, but I'm not skinny either. You're anorexic. You're in great shape, but you're even skinnier. My advice to you as a doctor is not to torture yourself with diets. Well, when have you eaten last? Have you been drinking water? I left his question unanswered, then asked him not to tell my mother about my hunger fainting, and not to tell anyone at all. Nothing. I got up and walked out of the hospital, but Mikey yelled after me. You know, my dad found out about the debts and kicked me out of the store and then out of the house. He thought I gave everything away to beggars and punished me. And now I'm the doctor I always wanted to be. I mean, maybe it's all the best. Well, for a meeting. That was nice, but I didn't respond. I just walked away. I was prescribed a bunch of medication, which of course I did not buy. I did not tell my mother what happened to me at all, so as not to upset her unnecessarily. I went to a cafe, ordered an ice water, and went to the bathroom while they were taking my order. I had terrible pain in my stomach. While I was sitting there, I heard some girls talking. Tanya, are you sick? Why did you throw up? Poison? Oh, no, I'm just on a diet. What do you mean? Well, you eat a lot, and then you put two fingers in your mouth, and that's it. You're tricking your brain. You're kind of full, so you don't want to eat, but you have zero calories. Wow, that works. I lost six pounds in a week. The girls came out, and I suddenly thought, 
two cheeseburgers, fries, and cheese sauce. I was already ordering after five minutes. At first, I exhaled, looking at the burgers. After all, I'd wanted to eat them for so long, but couldn't afford them. I remembered the girls talking. Nothing will happen. I'll lose weight in a week and then I'll stop doing it. Start my diet again and everything will be fine. I made a promise to myself. I ate and ate my fill. Literally ate my entire order in ten minutes. So I lost six kilos in a week, and my mother was very happy with the result. She immediately held a broadcast with my participation and introduced me to the audience in a custom-made dress. She talked about my hair, figure, and what a perfect daughter I was. The only thing, as I had big bags under my eyes and pain in my stomach, that's bullshit. But I tolerated it. After the broadcast, we were invited to a dinner party at my mother's boss's house. His wife cooked a wonderful meal. I couldn't eat a bite of it. I felt sick, but I tried not to show it. I apologized, said I was tired, and called Mikey myself. He was home, but he came to get me and took me straight to the hospital. He asked what I ate and how I ate, but I didn't tell him the truth. I just asked him to prescribe something for my stomach and let me go. I also refused to be examined, although he insisted. Look, I'm tired. I want to go home. Okay, I'll give you some painkillers, but please, eat. I went home and after taking my medicine, I fell asleep. The next day, my mom ran into my room and told me that we were invited to a social dinner. Oh, there will be so many people there. After yesterday's broadcast, everyone wants to meet you. You're in great shape, so you can eat. You have my permission. Get dressed. Here's what to wear, said my mother. She didn't even notice how bad I felt, but I didn't want to spoil her mood and ruin the event, so I went along with her, smiling and saying hello to everyone. The attacks of pain got a little worse, and then I drank the medicine in the bathroom. Finally, we sat down at the table, there was a lot of food, and I felt hungry. If my mother let me eat, it was a good chance to eat with a clear conscience, wasn't it? And then the operators came in. Oh, these are my guys. Feel free. I thought, what if we capture this moment and share it with our viewers? Let them see how beautiful our meetings are and what we talk about, right? All the guests supported her idea. Everyone wanted to promote themselves at her expense. Mom lightly pressed my back to keep my posture up. I picked up the cutlery, and the waiter put a fish steak with rice and spinach on my plate. It looked delicious, and it smelled divine. Just as I was about to cut off a piece, my mother said to me, Eat it, daughter. Just eat less than half, okay? She said it in my ear, but with such firmness and coldness. I felt so sad and disgusted at that moment. All these people around her, they were supposedly chatting with each other while fixing their ties and hairstyles. And my mom, she didn't care about any of them, or even me. She just wanted to hype up what a great mom she was. Your daughter has just gorgeous hair and such an amazing figure. You're doing great, Dariana. You're very lucky to have such a mom, is what I heard. In anger, I clutched the cutlery in my hand and cut off a huge piece of fish and shoved it into my mouth, then spooned the rice. All the guests froze, and my mother watched in horror as I ate my portion quickly. We're not in a rush, honey. I'm hungry. 
The guests laughed, and my mom kicked me in the leg under the table and showed the cameraman out the room. I finished every bit of it while everyone was watching. Then I pounced on fruit, sweets, and other salads. I ate with my hands like a pig, but I couldn't stop. My mother reprimanded and then yelled, and then her boss's wife came up to me. She gave me a tissue and asked if I wanted to go to the bathroom, but at that moment, it was as if I had some sort of reflex to the word toilet, and in an instant, I threw up everything I ate right on that woman. There was silence at the table. That nice lady was wiping her dress with a napkin she was offering me. I looked at everyone and ran out of there in shame. I went straight to the hospital to see Mikey. What's wrong with me? I thought so. You're bulimic. What is that? It's dangerous. It can open up internal bleeding. You could die, Dariana. You need to be treated. What? I couldn't believe I'd brought myself to this state. I sat down in the chair and Mikey brought me some water. He was trying to calm me down, and that's when my mom ran in. She was screaming at the whole room that I was embarrassing her, that I was a shitty daughter, and then she swung and wanted to slap me, but Mikey caught her hand. He chased her out of the room. What? It's all my fault? Is it a crime to be pretty? Your daughter has a serious health problem. Any girl would want to be in her place. Mikey was unceremonious, showed his phone, and said that he filmed everything on camera, and if she would not leave, he'll put it all on the network and my diagnosis with pictures, too. Anyway, what now? I'm in therapy. My mom doesn't touch me, and I realize that beauty doesn't really require sacrifices, because if you're happy on the inside, you're beautiful automatically. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... She's so pretty, just like a real-life Barbie. I wish my hair was as shiny and blonde as hers. This is what people think of me. But all I ever wanted was just to be a normal teenage girl, like everyone else. You see, ever since I was little, I stood out with my platinum blonde hair and turquoise eyes. People have always said I look like a Barbie. Hey, some of them even call me Barbie. My mom's always been super proud of my looks. She used to put me in princess dresses and sign me up for kids' talent shows, which I more often than not won. This led to media attention, and soon, I was invited to model for some big brands. Back then, I was super excited about this. I loved all the praise and pampering, but unexpectedly, it was that early fame that made me gradually lose my freedom. Nora, go get dressed. Quickly, I'm not showing up late for Anna's party. Yes, Mom, I replied as I reluctantly grabbed the clothes my mom had laid out on my bed. Nora, your natural hair is so beautiful. Before I even had a chance to reply, Mom was in there bragging about my natural blonde hair. Natural? Yeah, right. So it has nothing to do with the fact Mom makes me bleach it once a month? (laughs) She made a huge deal a few months ago when she noticed my hair beginning to slightly darken. 
Then mom dragged me from person to person, boasting to them about my achievements. Ugh! This was so tedious. So, when she was absorbed in convo with some guy, I sneaked over to the food table and grabbed a slice of cake. I was about to put it in my mouth when suddenly, from behind, my mother's stern voice resounded. Nora! Put that down this instant! Huh? It's just a small piece of cake. I was hardly going to balloon up after eating it. Then without giving me time to argue, she snatched it out of my hand and said, Eat that, and you'll have to skip dinner and do cardio for one hour to burn all those calories off. Do you still want it? Jeez, there's no point arguing with mom. So I grabbed my drink and went to the corner of the room. I was fiddling with my glass and feeling totally fed up when suddenly a guy came up to me and almost caused me to spill my drink. Oh my God, it's Philip, the hottest teen model in the scene right now. Sorry, um, are you Nora? I've heard a lot about you, but why are you standing here all alone? Ah, it's because I'm not really into parties like this. So we're the same. Then we started chatting, and before Philip left, he asked for my number. After that, he texted me every evening. Talking to him was so much fun. He was just so sweet and thoughtful, and he always sent me the funniest memes. How cute. One day, while we were chatting, he texted me, Can I invite you to dinner? Let's say, tomorrow evening. Ah, oh, was he asking me out on a date? Yay! But I had to ask mom's permission first. Ugh. Mom, do you remember Philip, who we met at Anna's birthday party? Can I go to dinner with him tomorrow? Sure, I'll, I'll drive you there. No need, Mom. Philip will pick me up. No, I said I'll take you. No matter what I said, Mom still insisted. And if I didn't follow, she wouldn't let me go. Jeez. This was a date, not a fashion show that required a manager. The next evening, as soon as I walked down the stairs, my mom was at it again. Oh, my. What are you wearing? Before I had a chance to reply... Mom pulled me into my room, took out a bodycon dress, and said, You put so much effort into looking this way, so you may as well flaunt it. Besides, dating this boy could bring business deals for us. Gosh, I get it now. All this was just about fame and money. There Philip was. I quickly fixed my hair, then I confidently walked towards him. But when I had just sat down, before I could even greet him, out of nowhere, my mother appeared and asked the waiter to arrange another chair for her. Philip gave me this bewildered look, but I didn't know what was going on either. Mom, what are you doing? We've always been together. You don't mind if I sit here, do you? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Philip smiled awkwardly. Ugh, this was so embarrassing. When the waiter appeared with the menus, I was actually glad of the distraction. Oh no, I didn't even have the chance to open the menu, but mom had already finished ordering for us both. Grilled salmon with salad and no dressing. Ugh, how boring. Oh, but it gets worse. During dinner, my mom kept asking Philip questions like, What do your parents do? Oh, they only run a small business. I thought they were the presidents of a corporation or something. It's unbearable. Stop it. 
It's none of your business. I was just asking. A flustered-looking Philip made up some excuse about having to do something. Then he left. That's it. Thanks to my mom, my first date completely failed. Frustrated, I left right after he did. I didn't say a word to mom for the whole journey home. Things didn't end there, though. When we arrived home, she kept nagging about how I shouldn't hang out with Philip as he wouldn't be of any use to my career. Don't you think you're being too much? I can date whoever I want to. You know what? I don't want you to be my manager anymore, and I'll be moving out on my own. Then I rushed back to my room and started packing. Honey, I was just worried about you. I'm sorry, she said and hugged me while sobbing. Please, don't leave me like your dad did. I can't live without you. Hearing that, my heart fell. She was right. Ever since Dad left, there was only her taking care of and loving me. She's a bit tough and over-controlling, yet she meant well, right? I texted Philip a few times to apologize, but he didn't reply. Nora, look straight. Nora, where has your charisma gone? Let's take a short break. What's going on? You seem distracted today. I sighed and started telling Eleanor about my date with Philip. Gosh, your mom's a total control freak. You need to be strong and stand up against her to win your freedom. Well, of course I wanted freedom, but where should I start? Suddenly my phone beeped and stopped my train of thoughts. It was mom. Honey, Anna's sick, so I'm staying at hers tonight. Dinner's in the fridge, and don't forget to go on the treadmill an hour before bed. Love you. Yay! Tonight I'd be free and do whatever I want. So suddenly, I came up with a brilliant idea. Yes, I was going to have a slumber party. Eleanor suggested we should order pizzas, and of course everyone excitedly agreed. So good. Suddenly, the door opened. My eyes widened in horror when I saw that it was my mom, and oh boy, she looked furious. Nora, what on earth are you doing? And you can guess the rest. She made all my friends leave, and worse, she forced me to wake up at 5 a.m. to work out. All this just because of a bite of pizza. Eleanor was right. I needed to put a stop to this by finally standing up to her. This is unbearable. So, as a stress reliever the next day, I decided to do something I always wanted. Wow, it's so cute. I know, right? It feels good to do what I want for a change. Nora? Why are you here? How come you didn't answer any of my calls? Startled, I turned around to see my mother standing there glaring at me. I quickly covered the tattoo on my wrist with my other hand, but it was too late. Nora, how dare you get a tattoo without my permission? Get back in there and get it removed right away. No, mom. My body, my choice. From now on, I'll make decisions about my own life. Everyone on the street stopped to look at us. Seeing that, Mom just glared at Eleanor, then dragged me over to the car. But how did she know I was at the tattoo studio? Right at that moment, my phone buzzed with an unknown AirTag device nearby. Wait, could it be? I quickly checked my stuff and oh my god, it's true. Mom had stuck an AirTag into a hidden corner of my bag. Why did you attach an air tag to my bag? 
So I'm aware when you do stupid things like tarnishing your body with some awful tattoo. As soon as possible, you're getting it removed. I'm 18. I can do what I want. Eleanor was right. You just want to turn me into a puppet to control. I knew it. Nora, I forbid you to hang out with that girl ever again. She's jealous of you and wants to ruin your career. She just wanted to help me. Your behavior isn't acceptable. And she pulled me into my room and locked the door. You can stay there until you see sense. I banged on the door and shouted till my voice was hoarse, but it was no use. Three days passed. Mom still brought me food, but she refused to let me out. Oh no. Did she want to keep me here forever? I hurriedly called Eleanor for help, but it didn't work. Why didn't she answer the phone? Then suddenly I saw an article reporting that a model had spoken up about how Eleanor had been tricking her to steal her vedette spot for a famous designer's upcoming show. And that model was... Me? Impossible. That did not happen at all. And I have not been in contact with the press. Then a thought crossed my mind. Mom? That's right. As my manager, she must have said this to the media to defame Eleanor. Meanwhile, Eleanor must think it was me who did all this. Ugh, no wonder she was ignoring my calls. Angry and disappointed with Mom's behavior, I decided to confide in my Twitter. Unexpectedly, after only 20 minutes, my post was shared quickly and the hashtag RescueNora was at the top of the search. But then my mom angrily came in and confiscated my phone. Don't expect someone to come here and save you. The next morning, I was awoken by loud noises from outside. Huh? What was going on? I went to the window and saw a crowd of people holding signs, saying free Nora and let Barbie out. But wait a minute. I spotted some familiar faces. Eleanor and Philip. They were holding a big sign saying we want to see Nora. Finally, under the pressure of the crowd, Mom was forced to release me. Honestly, I was grateful to the people who supported me, especially Eleanor and Philip. Thanks to them, I dare to finally break my mom's unreasonable control and grip and be myself. So, I decided to move into my own place. As for my mom, ugh, I want to forgive her, but it's hard. I just hope she realizes what she did was wrong. Then we can try to rebuild our relationship. Oh, and one more thing. From now on, I won't bleach my hair. Just to get doll hair like before. I decided to keep my natural hair color. It may affect my modeling career, but so what? It's my natural hair, and I like it. Anyway, as you can see, life's good, as I have my BFF Eleanor and my boyfriend Philip by my side. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and so on, and you'll be given a shout-out. Also, drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast, My Animated Story, by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by...